0: Hi, this is Anna Strange, and you're listening to the Urban to Country podcast.
1: Welcome to the Urban to Country podcast, a collection of inspiring and edifying conversations with amazing people. Our conversations cover everything from hunting and conservation to mindful living to how to be a good human. Basically, all the good stuff.
0: Hi folks. Today we are doing a fun role reversal. As I mentioned in the intro, this is Anna Strange, Marcus's significant other. And on this podcast, I am going to sit down. I get to sit down with Marcus and talk to him about his unique hunting experience that he had in fall 2018 yeah. I I'm not even gonna give you spoilers because it's just uh, such a hoot to hear from his mouth and he's been waiting to tell the story. So I get the opportunity today to sit down with Marcus and talk to him about what he experienced.
1: Thank you, longtime listener, first time <laughs> caller.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, you called you sold
1: yourself short though. You you're not just my significant other. Like you're a badass entrepreneur. You're an aspiring author and aspiring podcaster. Hopefully, we get you on the mm. podcast live soon. Yes. Tra- what else would you say about yourself? A travel
0: enthusiast, a, a travel Instagrammer, a foodie, a, a lover of people and authentic stories and authentic connections more than just stories. And yeah. um, a builder of place and community. Ooh, I like that like that too. But really I n- I'm not just saying that cuz it sounds good, but that is something that I really find passionate um find myself passionate about not just in my work as a small business owner, but um in the types of work that I do, the business the clients that I have and the projects, community projects that I love to get involved with is yeah, community building, people building, experience building. I I love um one of my titles, one of my few titles I give myself is experience designer. I think Starting, yeah, from a corporate brand to an event to a destination, whatever that piece is, there's an experience that needs to be, that can be curated, uh, either listener experience, client experience, a user experience, tourist experience, whatever that is, there's an experience to create. And I like being involved in that process from a lot of different angles. So anyways, thank you for giving me that space to talk about. Things that I do. Yeah. And yeah. I would
1: add you are an advocate for women and you're a serial ringleader. Like mm-hmm. you are Thank you. You are you're the you're at the center of things. You are the eye of the storm. Mm-hmm. You're the you are the calming presence while everything else around you is chaos and you figure out how to keep it turning.
0: I think that's the most beautifully just beautiful description that anyone has given me thank you
1: you're welcome yeah well i mean i think people should know who is hosting this (laughs) podcast i don't let just anybody take the reins here so yeah (laughs) but i thought i thought about how i wanted to do this story and i realized i needed a co-host and uh you are a really natural co-host, so I thought, why not? Let's let's Here do this. Here we go. Yeah. Fasten
0: your seatbelts, folks. Here we go. Oh boy! All right, so Marcus, um, we're going to turn the tables, and we want to I want to talk to you m- and hear more about this crazy as hunting experience that you had last November when you were elk El Cantine, and um, due to privacy of other hunters. Names have been changed outside of Marcus's name. So, um, <laughs> we're going to lovingly refer to his hunt hunting companion as. We'll call him Bob. Bob.
1: Yeah. So and, and that's not so much like that. It, it was a time thing that I couldn't have my friend here who is a really dear friend and I really value uh, his friendship, but also I want to respect his story and, and never um, infringe upon someone else's story mm-hmm. So we're going to really focus on My side of the story What happened with me And um, Just unfortunately we're not going to be able to get Bob, I don't like Bob What can we call him, Larry?
0: Yeah, No, those are like too harsh I feel like we need a Like Maurice Could we Maurice <laughs>
1: I like Maurice. Okay. Could we go
0: with, I, w- guys, we did not pre-plan this. <laughs> we're spitballing So, so we're
1: going to call my hunting partner, Maurice. Maurice couldn't be here. <laughs> and so <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I don't feel comfortable speaking for someone else's story. Yeah. And so. I respect that. I And we're going to talk about the lessons I learned and the and the things that happened with me. Yeah.
0: Well, the purpose of today is to hear your perspective, right? Yep. And And so we're going to do that just yep. that. Yeah. So oh, I'm sorry
1: about that. Oh, and I was just going to say the other thing I want to do and um we'll kind of weave this in and out. Um I want to share some insights to what other outdoor adventure outdoor adventurers can do, not just hunters cuz this could have happened really to to any outdoor mm-hmm. enthusiast. So yeah, I, that's what I want to do. Okay. So anyway,
0: Yeah. Well, I think just with that, why don't you take it away and and set the stage for us?
1: Yeah. So I hunted really hard during archery season and I just didn't have any luck. So um, it was starting to get late into rifle season and still hadn't had much luck. Heard about a new place that I wanted to go check out. I went and checked it out once before and I was like, man, this place is incredible. Definitely going to make this my area of focus. And so I asked my friend Maurice if he wanted to come with me. He said yes, and we headed out. I think the date was November 6th that Mm -hmm. we headed out, and this was the first mistake I made. Number one, I didn't do a good job of checking the weather. (laughs) I kind of just glanced at the Apple weather Oh no, you didn't
0: look at a radar map?
1: No, I didn't check a radar map, and it said, you know, chance of snow flurries. I was like, oh, okay, cool, like no big deal. How many weather
0: apps do you have on your phone now?
1: Um, still just one.
0: Oh my gosh okay
1: well they added a weather function in the onyx app so i guess that kind of counts okay but i don't i don't have
0: let's change that before this upcoming <laughs> season but anyways back to the story
1: so yeah that's the first <laughs> thing as i look back uh i should check the weather better but i i just planned for snow packed yeah. uh, dressed in layered and was kind of just anticipating that we might run into some snow so we drove.
0: Did Maurice know that there was going to be snow coming or, or suspect?
1: Yeah. I mean, we, we kind of coordinated and just both of us were aware of the fact that, you know, it's November. The forecast is calling for snow. It's probably going to snow a little bit. Yeah. So.
0: Okay. So you get up there. About what time?
1: So we, man, we left from Helena early, like, oh, dark 30 and. Drove out to our hunting spot.
0: Yeah. Oh, and I should jump back. So this is Helena, Montana. Um, so you were hunting in state. And why this is important too is I was expecting you to be home and back at w- reasonable hours. And so right. that w- this will come into play later in the story. But yes, he was hunting near our home. Yeah. yeah. So
1: nearby just a day hunt. And the idea would be that we would go out. And if we were successful, we would be back by like two or three. Mm -hmm. If we were unsuccessful, we'd be back earlier because the idea was not to hunt all day. The idea was just basically to make a morning hunt. And if we were able to get into something early, great. We'd come home. And yeah. So So you got up there at... So, well, we got to... Um, there's like a main highway and there's a turnoff. And when we hit that turnoff, no, even before that, it started kind of sprinkling a little bit. And then, um, we get back on this dirt road and we're driving and it's starting to turn from kind of a drizzle to light snow Mm -hmm. and we're getting further and further back. And I'm noticing as I'm driving that the snow along the side of the roads is getting deeper and deeper and that the snow is starting to come down just not not terribly bad but more consistent and less kind of snow flurry like
0: at that point in hindsight should you have turned around
1: no i mean it wasn't coming down hard enough to okay. where i was concerned and like i said we we planned for it so you know we had the proper clothes that we needed mm-hmm. but you'll see as we get further yeah. along the the conditions kind of played into some things that happened absolutely, so we get to the trailhead and it's it's coming down pretty steadily.
0: you got to the trailhead at about what time
1: uh probably about two hours before sunrise. Okay. Um, we had about a two and two mile two and a half mile hike into um this area where there are a bunch of meadows and parks that we wanted to hunt, so we get out and get all our gear together, and the one so I also want to talk about the things that I did right. One of the things I did right is a couple of years ago, we made the investment into a Garmin inReach. And for those of you that don't know what a Garmin inReach is, it is a GPS that also has a satellite messenger, which means I can sync it with my phone and I can actually send text to Anna in areas where I don't have cell service. I can also hit an emergency button and call for help. Or I can do all of that within the device itself. Now, then they've since made a, a Garmin Mini that um, that has the emergency function, but all of the GPSing and whatnot is housed within your phone. So it's via Bluetooth. Oh, that's nifty. Yeah, it's a lot smaller, a lot lighter. Yeah. Can I have one, please? <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, but I, I love that you have an inReach, though, because... Um, for a long time, that was one of my concerns when you were solo hunting or even hunting with buddies. And and I had, you were at that point out of service and I had no way of getting in touch with you or finding out what you were doing. And let's be real, hunting season is woven in between the rest of life. Um, and so, you know, it made it hard for us to make plans yeah. for me to know when you were coming home or if it had been successful or not. And um, which for other couples out there if you don't have <laughs> if you don't have any sort of device like this I recommend getting a device it will make your relationship happier.
1: Yeah, and just the peace of mind uh, is the biggest too. thing. Yeah. Like we're both able to relax and mm-hmm. and not stress. Well, about I think that's part of Yeah,
0: that's part of it, right? as and we don't have kids, but I I think especially too if you had kids and we're trying to co-parent and I mean all the things yeah it's just nice to be able to communicate together make sure that you're and it's nice for me to know that you're safe that number one is really wonderful and then number two it's nice to know you've gotten something and yeah yeah all of those things so so you had packed that
1: I had packed that now a mistake that we made and looking back I should have done this Maurice and I did not talk about what we would do if we got separated That's on me. I I take responsibility for that because I just kind of assumed that I was always taught and I always work under the assumption that if I get separated from somebody, we're going to meet back at the truck at the trailhead. Like Mm -hmm. that in my mind, that's what I was that's what I was taught. And that's just kind of how my mind works. We're not going to try to find each other. We're not going to wander around. We're not going to meet somewhere out in the field. If we get separated, it's rendezvous back at the starting point, at the trailhead, at the truck, unless we establish that some, at some other point that we're going to meet somewhere else.
0: In so, all of your hunting experiences, have you ever literally defined that with your partners?
1: Yes. In other, in other circumstances, we've had that conversation. Mm, okay. In this case, we did not. I just, for whatever reason, that day, I didn't bring it up. And part of that is I don't like to be one of those people that micromanages and coaches other people. Mm -hmm. And so I think part of it was, I was just one, not thinking about it, but two, I was trying not to, you know, overly parent this (laughs) grown adult man. Like he doesn't need me to tell him what to do, but looking back that that was the wrong attitude and we should have had that conversation and, um, just clarified that. So that was the, that was the one mistake. Well, one of the many mistakes I made at that point, so
0: all right, so you get on the trail so
1: we get on the trail, we're hiking in, and the snow's getting deeper um It's still coming down about the same, like it's you know somewhere between flurries and steady, mm-hmm. and it you know a lot of this trail is through the trees, so it's kind of hard to tell, but I can tell that it's snowed a lot in the last couple of days, which had I checked the weather, I would have seen that <laughs> and been aware of that i mean um. At this point, nothing terrible yet, but you know, just kind of aware that you know it's pretty snowy, so anyway, we hike in, we get up to the spot and sure shooting there are there's a herd of elk pop up over this saddle, come down into this meadow, and we're waiting there, and we both shoot, and I hit mine eventually she goes down uh, Maurice missed. And so at this point, we have a conversation.
0: And it was what time?
1: Oh, man. This was probably around 9 o'clock at this time.
0: At the latest. I think you messaged me at about 8.30. Yeah. So, so yeah, eight thirty, nine 9 o'clock-ish in yeah. the morning. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So somewhere between that eight thirty, nine o'clock and... It must have been 8:30 because now that I'm thinking back along the timeline, I think it was 8:30. So, my elk is down. Maurice missed, but the elk weren't really freaked out or scared. They just kind of were like looking around, like, "Oh, hey, well, there goes <laughs> Betsy. Uh, yeah, let's go find some food." So they kind of wander up this hill. It's probably 200 yards from where my elk was up this hill, and Maurice says to me, "Hey, I'm gonna be back in five minutes." Just to see if I can get a shot at one of the elk, and i'm I think, sure, great, that's totally fine. That was my second mistake. What I should have said was, Okay, I will come with you, and we should have gone together, or I should have said, You know what? I know this sucks, but we've got an elk on the ground mm-hmm. let's let's hold off um not that we couldn't have handled two elk. But just from a safety perspective, us splitting up at that point, I should have... With more snow coming in and... Well, oh. we didn't know that yet. Okay. So it's still not... It's still kind of steady slash snow flurry. So the second mistake was I should have spoken up and said, hey, that's it's not the best decision right now, but I wanted him to be successful. And so I was like, okay, sure, whatever. Like we can always call for help for more people to come out. It's just to the top of the hill. He said he's going to be back in five minutes and... For me, if I tell somebody when I'm out in the woods, mountains, whatever, if I say I'm going to be back in five minutes, like that is written in stone. Like you have to be back Mm -hmm. at that time because otherwise people don't know. It's also a conversation we didn't have because we had different perceptions of what that I'll be back in five minutes meant. Mm. And so.
0: And at that point, too, did you confirm uh, GPS coordinates?
1: I had marked it. He... I don't remember if he had, but once again, like not wanting to get into, well, we'll, we'll get to that point with what his GPS situation was. So, but that didn't happen. I, I think he did at some point, okay. but so just jumping ahead, didn't matter. Cause both his phone and his GPS died because mm-hmm. the temperature dropped. Anyway, that's, <laughs> that's a little bit down the road in the story. Jumping back to, okay, we've now split up. He's gone up the hill and I am starting to work on field dressing my elk. It's been about 20 minutes and I look up the hill because I'm like, dude, where's he at? And I don't see him. I'm like, okay, he must just be on the other side. So an hour goes by and he's still not back. And I'm thinking, oh, he must have got into, into the elk. Haven't heard any gunshots. That's not unusual to not hear gunshot necessarily. With the snow and a hillside in between us, it could have just deadened the noise. Two hours go by and I'm almost done with my elk and I'm starting to get a little worried, but I don't want to leave because that's the last spot we were at together. Three hours go by and now I'm freaking out. And at this point, a blizzard has started to roll in. Snow is quickly accumulating on the ground, and I his tracks are disappearing. At this point. I've completely deboned all the meat off my elk. I've got it in game bags and I've got it hung. And I've got two, well, three main concerns at this point. One, where's Maurice? He should have been back a long time ago. And I've been waiting here for a while. Is he hurt? Is he injured? What is his situation? That That was paramount in my mind. I was very concerned about that after... Three hours of not being back. Two, I'm in grizzly country <laughs> and I've got a, a fresh, fresh carcass. A fresh carcass <laughs> that I've got to figure out, like, okay, like how long before something comes wandering over and is curious about this. And then the third concern I have, and this is a very minor concern, but not really, it's also kind of important, is I've got all this meat that I need to get back to the truck. And without help, How am I going to do that? So those are the three things I'm kind of worried about.
0: Because you were how many miles in?
1: About two and a half. Okay. So yeah, pretty, pretty stressed at that point. This was my thought process and this is maybe not normal, but my thought process was he is, there's one of three things that are going on. One, he's completely lost in which case this is going to be a very long day or two he is badly injured somewhere and that w- that in my in my mind that was the worst situation of all because if he's injured somewhere that's going to be either really hard to get him out potentially or two it's going to be a, a very painful death like that mm-hmm. was my my thought process and then the third option is he's already dead which was that was heavy i was i was trying not to go there but i kept thinking how do i tell my friend's wife that her husband got killed out hunting those were the three things and i was trying to i was trying to determine okay like what what do i do based on each of those and the one that was the most concerning to me was that he was injured somewhere i figured If he's just lost, hopefully the dude is smart enough to wander back to the truck. So he's waiting back at the truck. If he's dead, sad as the sounds, there's nothing I can really do about that. Like that is not something that I can control Mm -hmm. anything about at this point. So the injury one was the one that I was wrestling with. Okay, what do I do? Do I go try to find him? And I made... in the long run, I made the smart decision not to go find him, which we'll talk about in a second. But at, at that moment, so this was about 11.30, 12. Shot the elk at 8.30. It's about 11.30, 12 o'clock now. There's a massive blizzard going in. Visibility's down to about maybe 30 yards at this point. Snow's getting deeper and deeper. His tracks are almost gone. So I am I am in that, okay, I either need to go back to the truck and see if he's there Or I need to go find him. And every fiber of my being was saying, don't go find him. But I I felt like I needed to do something. So I decided I was going to go up to the top of the hill and at least get a fix on where his tracks were headed to. So I've got probably 200, 250 pounds of meat. Mm -hmm. I've got a friend that's lost and I've got a blizzard rolling in. So most important thing is the friend the meets in the tree and it's cold. So let's go figure out which way he went. Grab my pack, grab my rifle. I have a, a stone glacier pack. And what I, at the time, what I had was I had um, a bear spray holster without a top on it on the one side. And then, so it's just like a pouch that I slid the bear spray into. And then on the other hip I had just kind of like a utility pocket. So right side bear spray, left side pocket. I'm right-handed. So I have a right-handed rifle. And so I c- tend to carry the rifle on my right side. And I've been doing this for five or six years now and just never really thought about it. Never had an issue. So throw the backpack on, grab the rifle, because I'm like, I need my first aid kit and I need to protect myself if we run into a bear. So got the bear spray, got the rifle, good to go. Start rocking and rolling up the hill. And I'm I'm covering some ground, like the snow at this point, I mean, it was pretty di- down it was yeah. coming down i got about 10 yards away from the carcass and i couldn't see it anymore at this point and it's it was deep to begin with probably mid calf i'm i'm fairly tall so about mid calf deep which was pretty deep and then you know as it's coming down it's starting to get to that knee deep point and but i'm i'm trucking up this hill get up to the top of the hill i i can find my way back that will be okay i will not get lost but i need to know where he's at and all I can think is get to the top of that hill, get to the top of the hill. And I'm so focused on that. And as I'm going, all of a sudden I feel this weird taste in my mouth. And I know that I say I felt, but it, it really was. I was like.
0: Instead of tasting weird taste. It, yeah, it was like I
1: felt I felt like this weird feeling in my mouth and it tasted funny and <laughs> it tasted like really chemically, like chemically. That's not a word. It tasted like chemicals and like
0: a little metallic or yeah, kind
1: kind of metallic-y. Oh, so the first thing I thought was, I was like, did I go through like a sulfur spot? (laughs) Like, is there like a, a sulfur deposit that I just trucked through and kicked up? And then I started to cough and my eyes started to itch and I had instantaneous flashback to training with the police departments that I worked for. And I was like, Oh, shoot. And I looked down and sure enough, my rifle had knocked off the safety on my bear spray and was just sitting on the trigger and it was spraying bear spray out in front, out of, you. In front of me and the wind is blowing down the hill. So basically it's blowing it into the wind and the wind is blowing it back all over me. I'm
0: sorry you have to laugh about this it's so bad (laughs) it was
1: so (laughs) bad and in the moment I was just like crap not one more thing I have my friend lost I've got a massive elk I've got to pack out and now I'm getting covered in bear spray and I don't know how long it had been happening but it the the I mean (laughs) for those of you that don't know what happens when you get bear sprayed or pepper sprayed you're it gets into the, um, the pores of your skin and into your eyes and it just swells everything up and it's just super, super irritating. And so like I'm having trouble keeping my eyes open. So the only thing I can think to do (laughs) is just drop. I just dropped to my knees in the snow. And I had at the time I had these, uh, like wool mittens on and I just, took them and I started wiping my, my face. And when I kind of could like peer through this, the cracks in my eyes that were swollen shut, my gloves were just covered orange just from the, so bear spray, when it comes out, it's, it's orange. So you can see it. And my gloves were just like, they were just orange. So I used them to wipe as much off of my face as I could. So I got it as much (laughs) off as I could. (laughs) And then this was the really sucky part. I grabbed uh, the snow and I was shoving the snow into my eyes to try to rinse out the bear spray.
0: Okay. Quick trivia question. Would you rather be bear sprayed or pepper sprayed since you've been both?
1: Am I getting a full amount of both? Yes. Oh, definitely pepper sprayed. The bear spray is higher concentration. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, that's a good question because when you get your training with your pepper spray, you have to hold your eyes open and they spray it into your eyes. Directly. Directly into your eyes, point blank, maybe like a couple inches away from your eyes.
0: Oh, that makes me hurt. I think I'd throw up.
1: I remembered I was talking to somebody about this the other day. The instructor said to me, he's like, you hold your eyes open because if you close your eyes, we will do it again. And he's like... (laughs) i was like i don't want to get this done twice so i for like i i took my eyelids and just held them open because i was like i'm not getting this done twice sounds terrible versus in this case it was you know it was getting dispersed by the wind and so even though it's a higher concentration it i wasn't getting as much so this was not as bad by far as oh. getting it done oh trading. yeah
0: if you got like the blunt bear spray like to, to the, the eyeballs To the face yeah <laughs> that would be horrible
1: <laughs> oh man and i can't even imagine cuz i was pretty incapacitated so anyway i'm i'm shoving <laughs> just handfuls of snow into my eyes and scrubbing my face and trying to get it off really water doesn't do do you much good but i didn't have anything else all i had was like wet wipes and like rubbing alcohol in a little vial in my first day. I like, I didn't have, I didn't have Dawn dish soap, which is really like the best stuff or not. Sorry. Not Dawn dish soap. Um, what's the baby soap, the
0: baby soap, Johnson yeah. soap.
1: Yeah. Like Johnson Johnson's like tearless eyes, baby soap. Oh. Like that stuff's really good too.
0: Okay. So, Oh, I'm going to save this for the end. I should be making a list of all the questions I have. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna keep going. Cause yeah. I don't want to interrupt the story.
1: No, no, you're good. So, yeah, I I did the best job I could, and I'll just say, so the way it works is it gets in your pores, and then it gets reactivated by moisture and, and different things throughout the day, so, and I had a beard at the time, and yeah, and sweating, so we, the combination of sweating, being covered in snow throughout the day, and my beard, it just, like, I kept getting just bursts of irritation throughout the day. Bursts of like bear spray. Bursts of bear spray irritation throughout the day. It was pretty miserable. So I'm covered in bear spray. I've got snow like caked in my eyes.
0: This is like Marcus and the terrible, very bad. What is it? Awful horrible, day. Awful <laughs> horrible. awful day.
1: Horrible, <laughs> awful day. <laughs> and. I literally but you did
0: get an incredible cow elk, but yes.
1: Yes, yeah. And she's been feeding us for a year, and it's been phenomenal. I'm so grateful for that. Anyways, however, back to And I remember I actually yelled out loud. I said, I said F, F you, Maurice, if I find you, I will kill you myself if you're not already <laughs> dead.
0: This is after the bear spray? This is like during the
1: with. whole bear spray incident. <laughs> I'm just, I am just livid. And not not necessarily at him, but just at the situation. Yeah. And so <laughs> I drag myself to the top of the hill, and I'm trying to, like, hold my eyes open because they're swollen shut. And I can't – every time, like, the snow or moisture, like, blew into my eyes, it just set them on fire again, and they would, like, sh- slam shut. So this I'm trying to hold terrible, my man. eyes open. And through my my half-open eyes, all I can see is his tracks – Disappearing in the blizzard, and I can barely see. I could barely see with my eyes perfectly fine, and at that point, it was one of those things where I was like, "I really can't see now." Yeah. So I'm, I'm incapacitated to a certain extent. His tracks are disappearing, and I made a note of which way they went, and I made the incredibly hard decision that I was going to head back to the truck and hope that he would have the good sense to go back to the truck. That was a good decision on my part. So I guess a takeaway for for folks is if you do get separated, the best thing you can do, well, the number one thing you can do is if you are lost and you don't know where you are, is to stay still. If you, and you have to read every situation because every situation is so different. But if you get lost, if you're the lost person, you you don't want to wander around. You want to stay where where you can be found. The more you wander around, the harder it is for people to find you. However, with that being said, if you know your way back and you are 100% positive that you know your way back, for instance, in this case, this ridge line that we had hiked up and into these meadows, basically, if you had hiked over the side of that ridge and gone downhill, it would be impossible for you to miss the trail and the road because of just Mm -hmm. the geography. Like okay. You could not miss it. That would require, however, you knowing for one hundred percent positive that you were headed downhill in the right direction.
0: And if you're not someone who's totally spatially aware, that might Yeah. Or like directionally aware. Yeah. Right.
1: So you gotta you gotta kinda weigh those things. I mean, shoot, yeah. it's it's hard. You gotta every situation is so different. So at this yeah. point I've decided to head back to the truck. What I decided to do was I was going to take back as much of the meat as I could carry. The reason I decided to do that was I realized that I was either going to find Maurice or we were going to be in for a very long night of search and rescue. And I, I knew once I called for help from search and rescue that I was not gonna get the rest of that meat. In that country, it was, it was gonna get eaten by something um, if we didn't take it back with us that day. So I have a Stone Glacier, I love Stone Glacier. They're a great company, they make a really good product. It's not the only product out there. It's the product I choose to use um, for a variety of reasons. I've had a lot of success with it. I've packed out a lot of animals or parts of animals by myself with that pack. And I, I know the capabilities of it. So I put the two front quarters and I put the back straps and the tenderloins, which basically means that I took about maybe half to a little over half of the total
0: so like 125 150
1: pounds probably closer to 120 like 110 to 120 pounds yeah um and you're in knee-deep snow in knee-deep snow you can barely see and yeah all i have to say is two things one i mean kudos to making a solid pack that is able to handle that weight stone ranch (laughs) Yeah. yeah and or uh stone glacier stone glacier sorry That's okay. (laughs) You work with the stone ranch. Yes, I do. Thank you. Okay. So, yeah. So the pack distributes the weight and allows it to carry light, more lightly, more lightly. I don't know if it makes it easier to carry because of the way it distributes the weight, um, keeps it up close to your torso, um, distributes it evenly on your hips. And so number one, I mean, (laughs) I looked like a turtle, basically laid the pack, flat on the ground strapped myself in rolled over onto my st- on my hands and knees and then with my trekking poles kind of like eked myself up
0: i would have paid to see that oh
1: man <laughs> and i i'm half blind i'm like <laughs> covered in bear cough, spray <laughs> covered in bear spray coughing and sneezing and at
0: this time is it what like one well let's see you went up to the ridge line to oh look man. for marie so like one th- eleven thirty, and then you got noon. back down to
1: i mean that whole thing probably took like 20 minutes
0: okay so you're hiking back down to the truck at like noon-ish? Yeah, some,
1: somewhere between noon and one. Okay. Yeah, somewhere in there. Oh, so the other thing I was going to say is whatever your outdoor adventures are, make sure that you're preparing yourself physically. I am I am not the best physical specimen. I am not the fittest out. Excuse in the out-
0: me. <laughs> I think you're a fabulous oh, physical specimen. Oh, thank you. That's,
1: that's <laughs> very sweet. That's like your mom saying, oh, you're so good at school. <laughs>
0: Um, I've allowed to think you're hot. Okay. This is not the purpose of this podcast, but
1: (laughs) no. So the point is like, I'm not, I'm not like some, you know, extreme mountain athlete, but I do, I do train so that when I go out, I can handle myself physically. Yeah. And because of that, um, it was painful. It was uncomfortable, but I was able to pack that 110, 120 pounds the two and a half miles out and it was through some wicked deep snow and just being miserable. I don't know how many times I stopped and with every step I took, I'm not going to lie, I got more and more angry <laughs> and not really angry at anything in particular, just just angry, just yeah. kind of feeling, feeling that, that frustration and anger that I'm covered in bear spray. I'm packing way, way too much weight And I am scared to death that my friend is dead. And it's just all added up to just (laughs) a lot of frustration. Uh, So.
0: But your goal, your hope was maybe that you'd get down to the truck and he'd be there. Yeah.
1: Or that I would cut his tracks on the trail and then at least know like, okay, like he is like somewhere on this trail. Yes. We're going to find each other. We're going to find each other. And didn't see a a single set of fresh tracks the whole way back
0: how did you know your way back if all of the tracks were covered going in or out because your tracks the your two sets of tracks going in would have been covered at this point Mm -hmm. because of snow yeah how did you know how to get back to the car
1: Well, I had my, I had my GPS and I also had my phone and this is another tip for people. If you're going to navigate with your phone, you want to do two things. You want to put it in battery saving mode and you want to put it in airplane mode. The reason for that is that will prolong the life of your battery. And every time I get out of the vehicle, I do that. So whenever I, I hit the trail, my phone, number one, I wanted an airplane mode. So I'm not getting texts and because every once in a while you hit a patch of service and I don't want to get texts and emails while I'm out in the woods. I want to enjoy the woods. So I put in airplane mode for, for two reasons, one to save the battery and two to provide like awesome solitude. So that's my tip for saving the life of your battery. And yeah, so I could navigate with my Onyx. I could navigate with my GPS But honestly, from where the carcass was, I knew, I I was spatially aware enough to know that if I headed down the hill, even though my tracks were gone, eventually I would come to the trail. And at that point, the trail is basically this path cut through the trees. Oh, okay. so once, once you hit that, I mean, it was kind of hard from where the carcass was not to find the trail, even though the tracks okay, were gone. so the
0: landscape. I went so for some reason I was envisioning you out on a treeless hillside, which would be very difficult, but having a tree path, a tree lined trail is helpful.
1: Right. So where I shot the elk was out in the complete wide open, which is why the, the white out was so disorienting. Mm hmm but if i I knew that if I headed downhill, eventually I would hit the tree line, okay, and then from the tree line, it w- I could find the trail yeah, you could find your way home and I oh. had the g p s so i wasn't I wasn't too worried about it,
0: okay, so we're like twelve thirty ish at this point you're you're hiking, no, actually, you left at twelve thirty mm. one o'clock. How long did it take you, do you think, to get down?
1: Oh man, I probably did that hike out in well, I'm trying to think the timeline of when eventually I don't know. Yeah. Hour and a half. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah. So you're
0: hiking down 110, 120 pounds on your back. You're in the trees. You're making your way to the truck with the first load. The other half of the elk is still back, hanging in the tree. Mm-hmm. Her carcass is on the ground. Maurice is nowhere to be found. We're several hours in. At this point, we're, let's see, you shot it at about eight thirty, nine, ten, 9, 10, 11, 12, 1, 2 o'clock maybe. So mm-hmm. we're like six hours after elk down. Mm. And since you've seen Maurice.
1: Yep. I remember so clearly getting to the trailhead and there's this little rise until you get to like, there's a parking area where they, they ask everybody to park, um, just so we're not parking willy nilly. And I remember there's this little rise and I'm just praying that he is leaned up against the truck as tired and as beat up as me. And as I go, as I get up to the, the parking area just nowhere to be seen Ugh. and just my heart sank and i i was ready to push the sos at that point point. and i'm glad i didn't number one i mean that would have been uh, this is this is insignificant at the time but now looking back the cost of what that would have been for Uh, for him i'm really glad that i didn't because that would have been a pretty expensive push of the button what does that mean so they charge you if search and rescue comes out if they have to send out help like oh who does the county it's a county
0: i didn't know that
1: yeah there's a cost there's a cost to that because that's and you pay it yeah, like ambulance services, search and rescue, somebody's got to pay for it. I guess
0: it. I didn't realize how search and rescue was funded.
1: Well, that's not the only way it's funded and I I shouldn't I shouldn't speculate exactly like who charges you. I've just been told that if you call for help through search and rescue that you foot the bill. So Oh, interesting. I guess I just assumed that it was Search and Rescue that charged you. If anybody works for Search and Rescue yeah. and can tell...
0: That would be a great podcast.
1: That would be a great podcast. You need
0: someone now I'm calling Search and Rescuers. Yeah. So <laughs> Seriously, if please email us. Yeah, like email
1: to me <laughs> at country at com and let me know who is charging me if I call for help from Search and Rescue. Yes.
0: And if you're an interesting individual, we you may potentially be on the Urban to Country podcast.
1: If you're lame, you will not be. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Okay.
0: I want to get to the meat of this. Okay. okay. Let's keep going. So, so you're to the truck. He's not there. You're on, by this point, I'm sure you're just so thrilled to drop that. Well, not
1: drop, but. You were going to say drop that load. I was going <laughs> to say
0: drop that load, but that's precious meat, yep. <laughs> precious cargo. But put that load down and yep. uh, take a breather for at least a hot second before you made a new plan of attack.
1: Yep. So. I was seriously debating whether or not to call for search and rescue. Decided to wait because I thought, okay, I'm gonna give him. I the time's all messed up now in my head, but I remember thinking, two thirty rolls around. He's not back to the truck. I'm calling for search and rescue. Mm-hmm. So, took care of the meat, unloaded the pack, um, just kind of fussed with my gear.
0: So took care of the meat, like put it in cooler.
1: Or I was so go? cold outside and the snow was coming down. I literally just put the game bags in the back of the truck. Oh, excellent. And okay. just let, them, let the air keep circulating around them. Let them continue to cool.
0: Now, in grizzly country, do you did you pull your topper back or your, your cover back? Or were you worried about leaving game bags in the back of your truck and a grizzly bear finding them?
1: You know, now that you say that, I there's another mistake I made. No, I didn't cover... Up. You
0: just left him. I
1: left I left him in the back of the truck to air circulate, which was really stupid. Like, looking back now, that was not yeah. smart.
0: It was like mountain lions could have climbed in the back or I, grizzly bears or whatever. Any
1: number of... Yeah, any number of things could any have happened. Any number of predators. Yeah. yeah. So, Interesting. Bad decision on my part. <laughs> not, not the smartest you thing. And
0: you didn't think about that until this moment?
1: No, actually. This is the first time i thought about that. Okay. So, yeah. So, don't do that. That was dumb. But at the time, I mean, I was worried about Maurice and I was also thinking I you know I want to let the air circulate on these so they're just kind of
0: it's not it's not a bad decision but you know
1: not the right decision for sure so fussing with gear eating something because I'm I am just wasted at that point from that hike and
0: yeah you've been in and out at this point yeah and you've been up on a ridge you've been bear sprayed you've
1: so I've done about five miles Your at this point. Your friend lost, Half yes. of that with a very heavy pack. So I was eating some food. I was chilling out. A couple of other hunters were hiking out, and I asked them, I was like, hey, have you seen this guy and described what he looked like to them? And they said, no, we were actually down like the South Fork of this trail so that we wouldn't have seen him. I was like, okay, that's good to know. And then it's getting closer and closer to, to bingo. And yeah, so... I'm just about to hit it and I see another hunter coming down the oh, trail. Oh, you're
0: about to hit the SOS. Yeah, I hit the okay, SOS. Okay, thank you.
1: All yeah. right. And I see another hunter coming down the trail and I asked him, I was like, hey, you see my friend, he looks like this. And he's like, yeah. He's like, I saw a guy that looked exactly like him. And my fen- friend was dressed pretty distinctly. Like he wasn't wearing camo specifically. So I was able to like, I said, okay, was he wearing like this color shirt and like this and that. And he's like, yeah. He's like, dressed exactly like that i was like where'd you see him he's like well he was up this trail i was like oh sweet like he found his way back to the trail so i grab my pack and start hauling up the back up the trail because i'm like i'm gonna catch him before it gets too far down so we can go grab the rest of the meat and at this point it's about three o'clock and i run into a guy dressed identical to my friend
0: oh this part kills me
1: and it was so demoralizing just and Abs- it was not Maurice. No, Spoiler. It was, it was not. And it was just like <laughs> oh. absolutely like gut wrenching. Oh. So he hadn't seen anybody. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, it's three o'clock now. Sunset I think was around five, five thirty. Yeah. Because
0: keep in mind, this is November I, in Montana. Yeah. And Oops. I've
1: still got another from that point in the trail, I've got another mile to mile and a half, mm-hmm. which is a pretty steep uphill slog and most of the snow is in front of me at this point
0: you have another two and a half mile out eventually not to mention any additional trekking to find maurice
1: i was like okay here's here's the absolute last opportunity for me to find him or him to find me and me not call for help if i get back to the meadow where the elk is and i haven't either cut his tracks or found him then i am because by that point so it was three when I ran into that guy. I was estimating that it's going to take me another 30 minutes, 40 minutes to get up there. So it'll be- In the snow. In and the snow. And mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, most people think, oh, like a mile. That's not that far, but this is a mile through deep snow, like- yeah, up You the said side almost
0: of, like knee deep, right? Yeah, almost knee yeah.
1: deep snow, like up the side of a mountain. And I mean, it's not, you're not just like walking around a track. So you're I mean- You're trekking. You're trekking. So anyway- I'm like, okay, like four o'clock, I am calling for help. That's enough sunlight. Like that's about an hour, hour and a half of sunlight left to where I can do whatever search and rescue may need me to do. I can maybe get back out, back down the trailhead with a Silbean light by myself if I need to. So as I'm like thinking through all of this, I'm hiking along and I come around a corner and run sm- like smack dab into Maurice who thank goodness had finally found the trail and without going too much into his story, uh, phone GPS died. And then he got turned around in the blizzard, um, got into some thick timber, got turned around in there and basically had been walking all day trying to find his way back.
0: So scary for him. So, oh, so, so scary gosh. for him. For both of you. But t- for him, he didn't have any resources. you, at least
1: yeah and and one thing I will say was that he <laughs> he was not really overly concerned for his own safety because he was fine, like he had food, he had water, he was like
0: he knew he was okay, he
1: knew he was okay, he was worried about me, and he was worried that I was gonna call for help <laughs> 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 and and so he was trying desperately to find his way back, yeah, um his is his story, and
0: what did you guys do when you first saw each other?
1: i so he's not really a, a hugger but i just like grabbed him and gave him this big hug and i was like i am so glad i found you
0: <laughs> oh man yeah that was what almost what six hours
1: six no seven, wait almost seven
0: no eight hours yeah 8 yeah, to four thirty. yeah yeah eight hours
1: well it wasn't quite it wasn't quite four no. when oh I found okay yeah. it. so it was about seven so. hours oh you know,
0: scary what a long ass day
1: it was it was long, and he was tired because he had been hiking all day trying to find his way back. But we went in, and we grabbed the other two quarters of the elk. Um, he took one, I took the other, and we hiked it back out. And that load felt significantly lighter, thank goodness. <laughs> I packed out th- three-fourths of an elk that day, which was a long, yeah, long day.
0: Well, not to mention, you know, there's a lot to be said for... The anxiety of those situations and the—I I don't want to say shock, but almost that—that that adrenaline of those situations. I mean, you—you you two had been hyped up for hours, yeah, and you know, with a lot of fear, a lot of concern for each other, and realizing the dangerous uh, terrain and predators out and about. I mean, it talk about a a dangerous environment which guys I am not a hunter so when I hear stories like this I'm like what in the hell are you doing in the mountains doing these things this sounds so dangerous <laughs> but this is why yeah. Marcus tells me these things after the fact but I will say so as the person at home he had messaged me at 8:30. he had sent me a message on through your in-reach mm-hmm. and that was in the morning and I had been texting you throughout the day without any response and and my texts go to the in-reach so I knew he was getting them but there wasn't a response and I would like to say that was something else that you could have yeah. changed because I was getting scared and and he had did you tell fam my family or did I tell my family that you had gone remember I, remember I
1: texted your brother
0: yeah I think you had texted my brother and he called me and he was like, oh, that's so exciting, congratulations. And he's like, oh, when's Marcus coming home? And I'm like, oh, he should be home soon. And then the afternoon went on and my family was like, H- Anna, have you heard from Marcus? Anna, have you heard from Marcus? And I'm like, no. And I had started to get worried. Like I remember yeah. I had my aerobic class that night and I went at 5.30 and I still hadn't heard from you. And I, since you texted me at 8.30 in the morning and I was freaking out. So let's, also lesson learned. Um yeah. like cuz it would you have that to send messages like hey i'm okay. You didn't have to go into the gory details, but even just a hey i'm okay. And i'm going to put that out there to all hunters. I don't care what species you're hunting or where you're hunting it. But please send a message to your significant others and let them know that you're okay. Um at the end of the day, i don't care if you are the only thing that comes home in your truck as i mean meaning not an animal, but I want to know that you're okay. And that was really scary for me. And, and I knew that the weather was bad. And so all day long, I'm like, well, there's an elk down, but I have no idea where he is. I don't know if he's gone in an accident. I don't know like what's going on. So I had a lot of, uh, anxiety that day too. I think all around there was quite the learning lesson of a day.
1: Yeah. And I don't remember why I didn't get back a hold of you but that was definitely a, another mistake to leave you hanging like that and I, I mean i wish i could remember why later
0: you told me that there was just so much going on and i think you were and i, I i'm not judging you here but i think you were so in the moment you were there was a lot going on mm-hmm. right you had the weather you you'd been very spraying you were packing out 120 pounds of meat you were you know worried about your you worried about whether Maurice was dead or injured on the side of the mountain and whether or not you should call for search and rescue. And And we joked earlier about search and rescue, but search and rescue is no joke. And thank you to those folks who do volunteer their time because you, you literally save lives and we just, our family appreciates it. Absolutely. I'm not hating on you for not sending me other messages, but just as a reminder to do that. But, um, to your credit though, there was a hell of a lot going on that day. And
1: yeah. And that was definitely a, a major mistake that I should have been communicating. Um, and now that I'm thinking back, I was, I was messaging back and forth with a couple of other hunting buddies and letting them know
0: what, don't tell me this.
1: No, I was, I was, I was messaging back and forth with Mm. a couple of our mutual friends and just saying, Hey, I haven't seen Maurice in a little while. Um, This is what's going on would you be willing to come out and help? So yeah, you're right. I think what it was it, with you specifically was that I just, I was focusing on other things Yeah, and not that you weren't a priority, but it kind of was one of those things where it was like, I'm fine. So yeah. I don't need to let you know that I'm fine. Maybe no, you but should I did set a reminder,
0: like every two hours, send out a message. And not that I'm needy. I just need to know that you aren't, that in, you in aren't si- dead, in situations right? situations
1: like that, yeah. You
0: were my Maurice in that moment. I'm like, well, he might be dead. I don't know. Yeah. He Hopefully he's not being licked. Uh, his carcass isn't being licked by, <laughs> <laughs> <they> were, <laughs> um, what I was going to say with that though too, um, is another thought for us to improve for this hum- upcoming hunting season is I don't think any of your hunting buddies have my number because if something happens and you are messaging them mm-hmm. and then, and not me, not that that's ever going to happen again. Or if they're, you know, whatever, like, Whatever the situation is, your hunting community should have each other's numbers, and they all have your numbers. But I'm not BFFs with all of your hunting buddies, so I don't. If they needed to get a hold of me, like, hey, Anna, Marcus is unconscious. I just carried him off the mountain. We're headed to whatever hospital. Like, they wouldn't. They would have no. I mean, right. Well, your phone is locked, so they wouldn't be able to get to it. Yeah. But I just think that might be a good improvement to her this upcoming year. But enough of that I want to recap your lessons learned overall so you to start out with you talked about um checking the weather and having a better <laughs> having more weather apps than just the apple weather app
1: yeah having checking the weather in greater detail before adventures yes.
0: checking the a full forecast a radar like this Weather radars and, yeah, go full-on meteorologists. Um, second, you talked about confirming your rendezvous location explicitly. Mm-hmm. Regardless of whether or not you're worried that your hunting companion is going to think that you're whatever, that is a safety-first conversation.
1: Yeah, and I think the way that I would encapsulate that point is to just have an explicit plan laid out for we're meeting here, we're going here, have all those details. And obviously things change and you need to be adaptable, but have some, um, some baseline agreed upon best practices. Like if we get separated and it's been, you know, a significant amount of time and we're not reconnected, then we're meeting back of the truck. Mm-hmm. Um, and being, being clear with each other that if, if one of us says like, I will be back at this time or I'm meeting you on this ridge or cause sometimes you do split up when you're hunting and that's, yeah. that's part of hunting and, and you need to be able to do that. But to say to your, to your hunting partners, Hey, we're going to meet on, on that ridge at two o'clock in the afternoon. And then like that time that you, that you agree upon is sacred. Like it is not violated because if that communication isn't there, it leaves a lot of room Questions. for the imagination to run Absolutely. wild with what could be happening. Mm-hmm.
0: One. And then, To add to that, one of your other points was to make sure that you have a GPS tool, a communication tool, a GPS tool that would allow you to pin those spots so that you can find your way back to the truck in a blizzard. You can find your way back to that ridge, right? That way you can drop a pin and and, and hunt safely.
1: Yeah. I don't know that it needs to be a GPS per se, but you need to know how to navigate the area that you're in. Whether that's with the GPS or a map or or whatever the stars, you know, you you take your pick. Whatever your navigation tool is, you need to use it and use it competently. You want to have multiple forms of navigation. So for me, I make sure I know the geography of the area so that I can navigate using the geography. Should heaven forbid my phone and my GPS network. Yeah,
0: however, had Maurice had a Garmin inReach and had you been able to communicate with each other through that, could you have prevented this entire situation? Oh yeah, definitely. So, not only if you're going to have a device like that, have one, know how to use it, and do you pack a, a battery? A charger in case you need to charge it in the field.
1: I have chargers that you I carry. Up. I usually carry um, two of like those mini chargers that I can get. I can get like two chargers, mm-hmm. two charges for my phone Yeah. out of them. And then with the InReach, the battery life is multiple days. Absolutely. So but
0: I think that communicates though the importance of having backup batteries, that you're willing to put that extra weight in your pack in order to prevent batteries die
1: yeah and they don't weigh that much i mean yeah. and you get them for free everywhere i think the two i have one was like a free gift with All a costco purchase <laughs> and the other one was something one that you got at some conference oh, i got it
0: promos baby yeah yeah so. so those were the few things that i wrote down i think i mean what what could we learn about the bear spray situation oh that was that was another question i had what would you <laughs> having been accidentally bear sprayed what would you pack in the future to prepare yourself for accidentally being bear
1: sprayed well since then i've readjusted my kit and so i now carry the the little pouch on the right side of my hip my my waist oh, my okay. belt for my backpack and then the bear spray is now on the left side and so i've been practicing drawing my bear spray getting used to it being on the left side so that it doesn't get hit with my uh, rifle or, or other things I carry On my right side There's a lot of companies now um, FHF Frank Henry Frank Gear is Is it uh, called Frank Henry? No Frank? it's Fish Hunt Oh It's Fish Hunt Fight <laughs> Okay Just, <I> was <laughs> Continue <laughs> So Fish Hunt Fight FHF Gear Is one of the companies That comes to mind They make a bino harness And the bear spray Actually mounts to the bottom of the bino harness so it's on your chest versus on your belt where something could catch it and go wrong i mean the potential is always there but i actually bought one of their holsters because it has a nice secure (laughs) uh uh, safety so it covers covers the bear safety and holds or the bear spray safety and holds it in the holster Um, and so there's that double redundancy there Double redundancy, that was redundant. Uh, so there's that redundancy <laughs> there of safety so that your bear spray is Hi. not deployed. Okay. And yeah, so those were a couple of things. And then I've toyed around with do I, you know, start carrying some Johnson Johnson baby soap. I don't think that's necessary. I think honestly, adding a bear spray holster that has mm-hmm. a safety on it, in addition to the safety that's on the bear spray. Moving into, the, you know, your non-dominant side where there's less activity and things are less likely to hit it. I I and mean,
0: practicing pulling it from that side.
1: Yeah, that's something that everybody needs to do. You need to practice because in the moment, you're not, if you don't practice, you're going to fall to the lowest uh, common denominator of your skills. And if you haven't practiced, that will be to freeze. So practice pulling your bear spray. But, you know, as far as things that I would carry. I don't know that I would carry anything necessarily different. Okay. It it honestly, in six years, that's the only time that's ever happened. And it was just, you know, it was yeah. the perfect storm of all kinds of things. So just being a little bit smarter and thinking about where you put your gear, that's what I would say.
0: So. Yeah. Well, is there anything else that you want to share from the story that you've, now that you've shared it, it, uh, in detail and parts that are there, yeah, are there pieces that you want to go back and elaborate on or, or things that you want to share. I know that we really wanted to focus this podcast on your experience, but anything that Marisa shared with you that you feel like sharing, um, or other lessons that you have learned or things that you're going to pack differently.
1: You know, I think the biggest thing that I took away from this whole experience I mean, there's a lot of things like put the bear spray on the left side of your pack, have a plan ahead of time, clear communication with your your hunting partners, backup batteries. Yeah, all those good things. All, all the things we covered. I think the biggest thing that I took away is nothing bad happened in the end. This is not the the craziest story. It's not like that movie yeah. 72 Hours where Any... where the guy had to cut off his arm. Like, nothing nothing extreme like that. However, we were literally moments, seconds away from it being a complete tragedy. Like, yeah. if so many things... Went wrong, but also so many things went right to where this didn't end up in the news in a really tragic, tragic way. And so, I guess what I would say the biggest takeaway for me is that it just takes one moment for things to go horribly wrong. And so, Mm -hmm. be more mindful and more intentional in the way that you plan for and execute your outdoor adventures by no means should we sit at home and be scared that things are going to go bad that's silly we should go out and we should have adventures we should go into the mountains we should go hunting we should go hiking canoeing backpacking camping whatever it is caving caving whatever it is a repelling skydiving like all these things are are good things they're things that are fun they're things that Challenge us and push us and
0: And allow us to experience the world around us. Yeah,
1: absolutely And they Mm -hmm. connect us with people in ways that no other things can and so we need to go out there and and I'm Definitely of the mindset that we should not avoid Risk and danger we should embrace it and we should pursue it in a safe way And I think that's the biggest takeaway um, is that we could have been a lot safer and we could have had a much better experience had we been more mindful about the way we were going about it. We were Mm -hmm. a little haphazard. Just like with having the bear spray on the right side of my backpack, I got comfortable. I didn't, I wasn't really mindful and intentional about where I placed that. And this Mm -hmm. whole thing has just been a reminder of experiencing these adventures in a mindful and and in an intentional way so that you can have the best experience possible. So that's my overarching takeaway.
0: I love it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you, Marcus, <laughs> for being on the Urban and Country Podcast. It's <laughs> been a dream of mine. <laughs> thank you for sharing. I know, you know, um, sitting across from you and in hearing you share this story, finally getting the chance to share this on the podcast, it was really interesting to watch you tell the story. And actually when you got to the first part when you were talking about Maurice being gone for an hour, two hours, three hours, uh, watching your physical, your nonverbals change, <laughs> and not everyone—we're not filming this podcast, and nobody's going to see that—but you guys have to know it. It still feels very real, and watching Marcus talk about it is so real. And I can, I could see how sick it made you feel to even enter that headspace again and remember what it felt like to feel that way and to feel that fear and that anxiety again it just it it felt really real to watch you talking about it today so thank you for sharing it with me and um sharing it with all of us i think the stories like this are what what this podcast is about and and is what life is about. It's about experiencing and learning from those experiences, good and bad and finding ways that we can improve and move forward. So, yeah. yeah.
1: So I just want to say thank you for hosting the podcast. It was fun to uh, be on the other side of the, uh, the mic and for everybody listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate your continued support of the podcast. And if you're new here, please subscribe. Um, We put out, or I put out um, a long form episode like this as often as I possibly can. And then every Monday, you're starting to do these short five minute episodes, which are just a quick hit of inspiration and information.
0: They're a hit of Marcus motivations. Yeah,
1: a little little motivation, a little information for you. So if you guys have liked this podcast please go rate review and subscribe smash that that like button uh <laughs> just it does a lot to help with the uh the spreading of the word of uh, what we're trying to do here so yeah. i would appreciate that and yeah Anything else you want to say? Any final thoughts?
0: Yeah, seriously though, if there are any search and rescuers (laughs) out there, please do email in. I I would like to listen to that podcast. So
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks guys. (laughs) We appreciate you so much listening to this episode. And we'll see you next time. Hey friends, me again. Just a quick reminder that if you like this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe on whatever platform you prefer. See ya.